This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, Bo? Yeah? I'm moving. You? Moving. Yes, no, you you've, you move me greatly. I find you to be an emotionally satisfying person. It's, you know, it's, I totally realize that I'm a moving personality and all that, but I'm actually physically moving. I bet in this move, you're probably looking for scorpions everywhere. I kind of think they already found me, which is disturbing. Because <laughs> the place I had been living in, I'd only seen one scorpion with you. I know, <laughs> but, I know. Uh, but I just was, I just am kidding with you. What What's going on with your move? How's it going? It's... Emotional, only in the fact that going to a new place, having to take everything and schlep it from one place to another, convincing the U.S. Postal Service that it's really me making a change of address, it, it's, it's a process. So, so it's a great time for other people to convince them that they're you as well. And that's always the issue with moving. You know, you, you have, you're open to all stripe of real estate scam and... Uh, real estate related scam and moving scams and all your stuff is in boxes and someone could just rifle through those boxes. It's, it's a fun time. You must oh, be, and your, you must and be your really mail excited. Is, and your mail is in the process of trying to figure out where it's going. Yeah. And uh, people can intercept it. Uh, your email, you're trying to change information and sometimes people have the old information versus the new information versus information that has absolutely nothing at all to do with you. Well, one of the great things now uh, that the U.S. Postal Service has has come up with is a paid service um, called Informed Delivery. And so now when you're moving, you can sign up for it before you move, and they will actually take a picture of every piece of mail that's wending its way to you so you know before it happens for a year, and it's 30 bucks. So uh, it's one way that you can protect yourself and uh, going forward in, in this, you know, unsettled state where, you know, you're moving everything. There's nothing but moving parts and you're distracted. Not only are you distracted, but you, you don't have a familiar pattern of, in, in a way of doing things yet. And that leaves you wide open to getting attacked. Well, except to be the contrarian in this conversation, because I am contrary from time to time. Mm -hmm. If someone were to break into my email and mm -hmm. saw the pictures of the email coming to me from other people, <laughs> they might be able to also create things that look like they're coming from other people. You actually, you're the most annoying person on earth. I do try to be annoying. Travis, <laughs> what do you think about that? Uh, I'd call it a close tie. No, not about whether I'm annoying or not, but how do you feel about the concept that someone could, well, bring themselves into your mail world and find out who's mailing you things and then simply replicate what they're mailing, except with far different information? Well, I'd say with uh, email, that's always going to be the Achilles heel for anyone. If they're an organization, person, individual, what have you, it's easily still the favorite vector for attackers. Um, and hackers of all stripes. So, but, um, but we did see a scam about a, a year or two ago where people actually created snail mail versions of Internal Revenue Service communications, except they changed the address where people were supposed to send their checks. 
Now that is kind of sneakily brilliant. I think the one thing about it though, is if you're sending something through snail mail, you require money to be able to pay for postage. Um, whereas one of the things that can make email so effective is you can just send millions of emails out, um, oftentimes by compromising another email server. And that doesn't cost you really uh, anything. Which brings us to our story today in a kind of crazy way. Hi there, I'm Adam Levin, former director of the New Jersey Division of Consumer Affairs, founder of CyberScout, author of the book Swiped, How to Protect Yourself in a World Full of Scammers, Fishers, and Identity Thieves. And I'm Bo Friedlander, cybermensch, writer, and all-around curious person who tries to hack hackers. And I'm Travis Taylor, resident tech guide. So Josh, our next guest, is a partner at a major real estate company in California. Hi there. Hi. Hey, Josh. It's Adam Levin. I'm here with Bo Friedlander and Travis Taylor, the dynamic cybersecurity trio. And uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show today. You have a very interesting story. But before we start, where are you talking to us from now? We're from sunny sunny Southern California. Um, we're in uh, West Los Angeles, uh, headquartered at Beverly Hills. Uh, I'm a partner at a commercial real estate outfit down here. And, um, you know, we love California. And uh, how about you guys? Where are you guys based out of? I'm in Arizona. Okay. Bo is dodging bears in Connecticut. Uh, good for him. And Travis is living the good spiritual life up in Oregon. A lot oh, rainier wow. and cloudier. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. I bet. We do business up in Washington State, so we're up there often in the Puget Sound area. And we're lucky enough to get up there in the in the summertime or or or, or uh, you know spring, late spring. It's really great, um, but uh, the other time it's a little drizzly, so we're not used to it down here where we get the sunshine. Yes, I know. In in places like Washington and Oregon, people go outside and say. There's a strange fireball in the sky. I have no idea what it is, but <laughs> that's just eight months out of the year. The other four months are really quite pleasant. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. But anyway, so tell us what what brings you on our no shame zone haven for <laughs> all those who have somehow experienced an unpleasant experience online. Yeah, you know we've uh, you know we've experienced some of that unpleasantness in the past nothing that was as serious as what we dealt with uh, a few weeks ago um as you guys are well aware it's uh you know for groups like us who who have sensitive information being traded back and forth on a regular basis and money flowing in and out as our uh, operations require um you know we had a third party uh and, and still do have a third party group that protects us and is part of our cybersecurity but i guess no plan is foolproof and, um, you know, a few weeks ago, one of my associates, uh, you know, kind of complained that some of her emails were missing and then her app box was acting funny. And, you know, so naturally we told her to just investigate and, and see what was happening. And so, she, you know, she spent the night doing that. And I think, you know, you know, everyone's busy with their core work. You know, you feel like you're at your, if something's acting strange on your outbox and outlook, it's not exactly priority number one. Uh, maybe it should have been, but, um, that that issue kind of lingered for a day or two, and uh, and then I guess she she did a little bit of digging deeper, and she saw that there was all these emails in her outbox that she didn't send, mm. uh, and, she, and she's like, well, okay, this is strange, and so you know she elevated that at that point up to our our third party group, and um, it turned out over the course of forty eight or seventy two hours, uh, someone had infiltrated our 
Outlook and our Microsoft Exchange, I guess, um, and was actually had broken in or hacked in and was sending uh, emails from not only her uh, email with her email signature. So these were from the recipient's perspective, completely authorized, real uh, emails that folks were getting. And um, turned out that it wasn't just her; it was a, it was someone in our in our controllers department, one of our accounting department folks. And what what this group did was they somehow infiltrated. They sent emails or they searched, you know, keywords like uh, you know wire owed or wire outbound, wire inbound, invoice unpaid. Uh, and for a group like us working in commercial real estate, of course, that's a natural part of our day-to-day um, operations. We're sending in, we're sending wires in and out, not daily, but certainly weekly. And um, we have tenants that that you know give us money and send us checks, send us wires. And so, you know, we're an easy target for a group like that. And so they got a hold of someone that um, actually owed us six figures, and we were expecting a wire that week. Well, that 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 that's one of the hallmarks of what they do is they crawl into your system, how they get in could be somebody's information was stolen in a breach elsewhere. And the same user ID and login is being used in the company that people use in another life or a third party vendor may have been uh, breached. And as a result, that kind of credential situation is is used, exploited. Uh, This is certainly not a situation where someone like in my world goes, well, I took Ambien last night and suddenly realized I sent a whole lot of emails that I didn't realize <laughs> I sent, or I have no idea this uh-huh. got there. But uh, no, it's it's it, listen, it's very disturbing. It's very scary. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's definitely scary, and 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 so you know the scary part is is that once that person or group or or what have you or is in your system and able to send emails from your outbox, basically, they can represent themselves as as a person in your business. And that's, and, you know, we, we do, at least in our business, 90% of our communication with folks is through email. And I'm sure that's probably goes for other businesses as well. And so once, once you have that in, in hand, um, you know, you, your power is limitless for that limited amount of time until the breach is, is actually recognized. And so this person through an associate and through someone in our uh, accounting department was having conversations with folks back and forth multiple rounds it wasn't so one email this person being emails. the person who hacked into the email josh correct the group the person the hacker right well exactly. i have a question for you now sure i i, I want to back up a little bit okay the hacker went through emails until they were able to find a really good target and that was somebody who owed six figures is that right Correct. And now, how did they reach out? How did they reach out to that person? Tell tell us about that part of the communication. They actually emailed the person that was our contact at this group. It was another real estate company that that owed us some money for a transaction we helped them do. And uh, they said, "Hey, we're having issues with our banking. Um, there's a three month delay on on something or other incoming wires or or, or to fix the problem. It's going to take weeks or months. And now is that is that typical? Is that a real thing? Does that happen? No, no, not at all. Okay, right? but they formulated it in a way uh, that could potentially be plausible if someone isn't paying attention. Right, so it's okay. right on the frontier of plausibility. Right, I mean, um, and so this person kept kept saying, okay, well, what are the new instructions? And sure, people change wire instructions from time to time. It's not unheard of for someone to say, well, send it to this bank. You know, it's mm-hmm. going to be easier for us or what have you. And so 
Um, they set up this narrative that, hey, this is this is not where we want it sent. We want it sent somewhere else. And, you know, the wire structures were accepted and were being processed, actually. Hmm. Um, and and it just it takes a little bit of sloppiness from both parties. Right. So certainly from our perspective, we were uh, a, a little sloppy with our cybersecurity or uh, the way we deal with wires uh, could have been improved. Your your perception of, of the situation on your side of the street was that your company had um, could have done better on the cybersecurity front. Uh, well, it could have done better on two fronts. I, okay. I'm not privy or knowledgeable enough to say that our group that is protecting us from a cybersecurity perspective dropped the ball or not. I'm certainly not. Um, all, all I can say is that um, you know we did we did implement better uh, security measures after, which with the question was asked, why didn't we have that in place already? No, well, so, you know, the, yeah. hindsight's twenty twenty, but cybersecurity practice, you know, a strong cybersecurity practice can be as simple as making sure everybody in your organization is hyper paranoid. <sighs> It can, be right. that, it can be that simple. And so it's right. not just that you have the, the the killer app that's there to like a bug zapper in the yard killing everybody that comes anywhere right. near you. It's it's really more that everyone in your organization understands what the threat is, the way it presents itself and what to look out for. So it sounds like there was a lapse somewhere in that front. Correct. So that's what I meant by we were sloppy, right? I mean, if you're yeah. sending wire instructions in the first place, we should have sure. verbally confirm those on the phone with someone at that, at, 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 at that firm. Right. Oh, they didn't. Uh, well, they didn't and we didn't. So we just sent our wire instructions as a PDF, uh, which was common practice, which isn't anymore. Um, because right. we're doing so many of these transactions. Sometimes you get, you get a little sloppy. I mean, it's, it's, sure. it's human nature. I mean, I mean, this is like for the million or $2 million, uh, $3 million, $5 million, $10 million wires. Certainly we're more careful and we get people on the phone, but, and, and six figures in our, uh, neck of the woods is not small money, but it's not it's not something that people are focused on so much, um, mm. which is where these hackers kind of prey on, right? Well, Josh, that you know, that's why an awful lot of you know real estate organizations now, in particular, always have a warning saying these are the wiring instructions, but before you wire, please call us to confirm. Correct, and that's one one of the things we're implementing. So here's the deal. I use Yahoo Finance. I use it to make money because it works, not just because they're a sponsor of the show. Heck, I've been using them for years before they ever called to become a sponsor. I do a lot of investing and I need to make split second financial decisions. And that's where Yahoo Finance comes in. I trade stocks and I trade options and you can't trade them in a vacuum. You've got to know what's going on. Yahoo Finance gives you the opportunity to look at the whole picture. I mean, breaking news, editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts. I love the customizable charts. They have it all. At Yahoo Finance, I'm part of a community of over 90 million users. You heard me. 90 million folks use Yahoo Finance because they're helping you on your way to financial success. Visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com, yahoofinance.com. So, Bo and Adam, you guys know I'm a bit of a uh, privacy geek, if you will. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah, totally. I, I really just don't like the idea that just about anyone can find you online, can find out where you live or your email address or your phone number or anything. I just think that entire idea is super creepy. There's so much of my data already out there, but is there something that you can do? 
Yeah, actually, you can use Delete Me. Delete Me is a service that pretty much does the heavy lifting for you, where they go to all the data brokers that they have on file and uh, just pull your data and delete it on a regular basis. I use it. I like it. And they make it quick, easy, and safe to remove your personal data online. Well, yeah, with these data brokers, they can accumulate huge amounts of your personally identifiable information. And if all that information gets into the hands of a bad actor, that opens you up to a lot of risk. And if you act now, you can get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash WTH and use promo code WTH. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash WTH and enter promo code WTH at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash WTH, promo code WTH, which stands for What the Hack. And we thank you for supporting Delete Me and What the Hack. But it's not that common, Adam. I had, you know, I, 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 the last time I was recently working with, with people in your biz, Josh, and mm-hmm. it was my lawyer who actually said, call. But this and should become a practice, though, in the real estate business. Sure, it, sure, it should. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's not ubiquitous. And, and Josh, you guys can kind of spearhead this movement. Nice publicity for you guys as well. Is to is to say at because obviously you're part of an association when you get together. One of the things that you could be pushing is the fact that never ever ever send wiring instructions to anyone without a bold warning mm. that you really mm. need to call us to confirm because unfortunately uh, wire transfer fraud is becoming more and more of a reality in our world. Yeah, certainly, certainly, I couldn't agree more. And 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 frankly. That should have been part of the policies, procedures of the group that we were working with as well. So it was a it was a it was a failure on several fronts, and you know we're all adapting to the new uh, uh, ways you can you have to protect yourself, and um, we we have made those changes, and um, you know hopefully uh, you know we've we've enabled two factor authentication uh, or authentication. I don't know if I'm I can never say mm-hmm. that word correctly. Yeah, so we're, we've enabled. That's one of the things that I thought we should have had before, but it's, to your point, you know hindsight is is 2020. Uh, So we have that now. It's so hard to have every piece in place and then to have like human beings, actual people doing something like two-factor authentication when they're like, like, I just want to go home. And you're like, yeah, okay, but you need to log in again and do this thing. So I have a question for you though, Josh. So did the money get taken? Did it? No, it didn't. didn't. And so fortunately I was called by my partner, the morning of the third day, if you will. And he said, well, did you, did you ask so-and-so to send an email to change our wiring instructions? And I said, absolutely not. And that doesn't sound like, no. And then he didn't even say bye. He just hung up the phone, right? Because he was onto what was happening. And so uh, fortunately he was able to intercept it. And, uh, and then that's when everything, you know, came to light, like, oh my God, this is frightening. You know, someone, and then we went through all the emails and then we got our third party security firm involved and, we kind of started putting things together um, that this group or this hacker or hackers really had control over not only one of our lead accounting folks' emails, but also an associate. And what's interesting and smart on their part, if, if, if that's the right word, uh, on, the, on the hacker's part, is that they didn't involve any of the execs like myself or my partners in this scheme. It so was there, was the no, there was nobody in the C-suite. It was all people in the right. management. Right. And so that's what gives me the perception, at least, that this was a an intelligent, complex, uh, fraudulent mm-hmm. 
uh, group, right? I mean, clever. I mean, it was clever, very. That's that's a that's a good word to use. So you know, none of us were included because if I were to send wiring instructions, which is not typical, um, you know, that would have raised red flags on, from from the group that they were asking to change the instructions from. So they may have looked through the history to see who who is typically doing this kind of stuff. I mean, it it, it is it is a it's scary because it's a complex scheme. Um, it wasn't a one off person who was at least from my you know from my point of view that went in just to try to scam us out of a few bucks this was a complex criminal outfit well it sounds like they uh picked their targets very well that as you said it wasn't the it wasn't the million dollar wild wire transfer it was the six figures um it wasn't the uh, you know people at the very very top that would have probably uh, you know jumped or noticed something was wrong immediately they went after the uh, more mid-level management who are probably receiving, you know, a ton of emails and filtering that out uh, so they you know, just to see what they can actually respond to, but also that are probably right. getting a lot of attachments, especially PDFs. And those PDF attachments very often will have something like malware attached to them. I will add um, that, that that they didn't just go after that one wire, right? They sent a few of our tenants emails saying you owe us back rent, you know, send 10 grand here, 20 grand there. Uh, so they just got further along on that wire. That was the furthest along. They actually sent out um, you know, more than a dozen or more other emails to other tenants. And um, fortunately those tenants just didn't get around to it or, or it didn't, they didn't really get any traction with those, but it wasn't a one, a one thing that they were after. They, well, they no, were, they're there. I mean, the hackers in this area, many of them are really, really good. And they do an enormous amount of research uh, because they realize there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow for them, so they do that. But to show you how really sophisticated this could be, Travis, do you remember the case? It wasn't. It was maybe a year ago with a fellow that was. It was in Africa. He was very highly respected in his community. He was an elder in the church, and they found out that he was running this multi-million-dollar scam, mm-hmm. where they were so technologically advanced. They could get into your email, and as you sent out the wire transfer request, they actually changed the wiring instructions in transit. Wow. It wasn't even that they got it, but that they were sitting in the email, and before you sent something, they did. It was as you sent something, they made the change. Wow. I remember hearing something about that. And a simple fact of the matter, too, is that if you have something um, – that relatively minor, it's not minor in terms of the damage it can do, but it's minor in terms of the fact that it's just looking for a specific uh, a couple of lines of text in an outgoing email. That's actually relatively simple to have a little script or uh, just a minor piece of malware of some sort flying under the radar and making that one adjustment. It's not the sort of thing like ransomware where you know the entire network gets shut down. It's just a little tiny edit that's going out, which is a lot harder to spot ultimately. Yeah, scary stuff. Yeah, scary stuff. You described a man in the middle attack, Adam, just now, this thing that was taking place with the changing of uh, wire instructions in in mid-flight. I've never heard of that. Travis, is that a very common thing? Man in the middle attacks? Absolutely. No, not a man in no. the middle attack. Go ahead. Explain what a man in the middle attack is first. Of a t- first I mean, of a man all. in the middle attack uh, is more or less what it sounds like. It's something where when you have a communication between two parties, for instance, someone is able to intercept that and make an adjustment or uh, just simply intercept the data 
for their own personal gain. And the ability to change wiring instructions mid-transmission? That's not necessarily common, but at the same time, you can through, uh, say, Microsoft Office, there's uh, such a thing as macros that can do uh, the equivalent of an autocorrect. Um, A pretty basic uh, example is I was on the same uh, mobile account with my wife, and every time I typed in the word miss, it would autocorrect to miss and love you, which for anyone who knows me well knows that is nothing I'm going to send anyone in a text. So, uh, <laughs> um, but so at the same time, if you were to take any kind of say office productivity app, for instance, you could just say, this is a typo, correct this. Um, and so if you're using boilerplate, especially instructions for wiring, it would mm-hmm. be possible to use something uh, to just put in a relatively low pro- profile bit of code there just to say, and switch this out wow. in the same way that you could also change uh, your outgoing email thing that if I were to you know, start to type in Bo for Bo, you know, like what your email address is, yeah. if someone wanted to change that just to a different email address, it I would very likely just t- start typing in Bo and then hit send to whatever email address pops up. Right. It's these little tiny hacks that can, that are really uh, easy to fly under the radar because it's not anything that, you know, you don't have the uh, stereotypical hacker story of the, you know, flaming skulls or evil clown telling you you've been hacked it's just All a your little tiny belong tweak. to us yeah exactly but travis i'm even i'm even more disturbed about the fact that you weren't sending me notes going i love you i'm sad <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about weight loss most of us have been there struggling with the ups and downs you lose some weight then it creeps back but forget those endless cycles of juice cleanses soup diets and the latest fad workouts there's a better way the rope body program pairs a weekly weight loss shot with a real lifestyle change so you can lose weight and actually keep it off need support bro's got you covered every step of the way and guess what you can do it all from the comfort of your own home. No more doctor's appointments, no more waiting rooms. It's that simple. Ready to take charge of your weight? Head over to row.co slash Adam to sign up today. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in a year. That's with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.co slash Adam. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash A-D-A-M. This spring, get out there, enjoy the weather, and recapture the magic of riding a bike with electric e-bike. With an amazing variety of models built for riders of all abilities, it's never been easier to fall in love with riding again. Plus, every electric e-bike ships free and only requires quick, toolless assembly. This is my first ever e-bike, and the experience has just been great. I was a little bit intimidated at first because I hadn't gone biking in a while, but the 500-watt motor that the electric e-bike comes with really gives you a nice little boost, especially if you're trying to go uphill or pick up some speed. Data shows that e-bike riders take their bike out more often. That means you get more exercise, more exploration, and wait for it, fresh air. And riding an e-bike isn't like, it's not cheating. It's just making it possible for you to be out there longer on each ride. And speaking of things going a little slower, you can finance electric e-bike for as little as $49 a month. Get into spring with electric e-bikes, the number one selling e-bikes in the nation. Get your adventure started at electricebikes.com. And please mention that What the Hack with Adam Levin sent you in the post-checkout survey. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com 
but Josh, it sounds like you got off. I mean, it could have been worse. Could have been a lot worse. Um, oh, no doubt, no doubt. It could have been a lot worse. We caught it, you know, right at the end there where it could. And you know what's scary is there's no recovery. You know, once that wire is out, it's mm-hmm. gone. And and then yeah. and then the finger pointing starts. Was like, oh well, we you should have done this. You should. I mean, it's just bad. It's bad for business. You lose the money. It's reflects poorly on your own policies and procedures it's it it could have been awful uh but we're using it as a learning experience and uh and growing from it it could have been awful and at at the same time it's something where when you talk about the uh, finger pointing one of the reasons we talk about this as being the no shame zone is because it happens so far across the board with uh companies or even federal agencies and the like um, hmm. Everyone makes mistakes. It's something where uh, there's uh, you know legions of hackers and scammers out there, kind of waiting just for that one little slip up, and it only takes one misclick on an email attachment or one little uh, tiny um, oversight there for them to pounce. Now, and one thing is, you know, and to go back to the question of cybersecurity, and I think there should be no finger pointing whatsoever because cybersecurity is a very dynamic thing. And uh, and it is often catch as catch can. The the idea though that um, you know they were able to find not the idea but the reality that they were able to find good targets in your in your in just by rifling through email would suggest that they. I mean, sure, maybe they were good and knew what they were looking for, but it also suggests that they might have been in there a while, and that's where cybersecurity systems and having a, a security person in charge of, you know, simply looking for trouble does matter because who, do you have any idea how long they were in there? You see, that's a good, that's a good point. Um, we thought of that, like, well, well, gosh, how long did we have someone snooping around? Maybe they waited three weeks, uh, educated themselves on certain deals and processes that we're, we're up to and then struck uh, when they thought uh, was the right time. Yeah. One of the frustrating things is we don't know that. Um, okay. we don't know how long they were in there. We don't know how, uh, you know, they got in there. Um, again, I don't know if that's a deficiency of the group that represents us from that perspective. I can't, I'm not, I'm not, Hard to say. On, not on, worth, right. not worth saying really. No. Yeah. And it really isn't. And, and for all I know, they did their job and as best as they could. So I'm not here yeah. to point fingers to your point. When I said that there would be pin, uh, finger pointing, um, not necessarily internally here in our group, but you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, you'd say, well, why didn't you guys, you know, you know, from the, from the f- folks that sent the money, right. You say, well, why didn't you guys, I mean, this isn't, you know, why would you send it to a, a, a wire that, um, that's them calling you right now. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Uh, that, uh, that, you know, why didn't you confirm it with, with, with us? Like what, what, what the heck guys, uh, what the hack guys, you know, no, there you go. um, uh, uh, so, so, you know, and that's bad for business and, yeah. And uh, it's it's it, it's glad we avoided that because uh, it, it, but, it, it wouldn't have been good. But Josh, you know, as another example, people go, well, how do they know who does what in our company? All you need to do is go to LinkedIn right. and you'd be surprised right. how much information they would get yeah. as to who's yeah. in your company and what they do. We got to get into some some uh, helpful tips here. I mean, if I were thinking about going to work tomorrow and I worked in Josh's business, I'd be like, oh, I just don't want to go. Uh, what, <laughs> what, um, what, what are some tips? What are some things that any company, small, medium, large, uh, can do to um, make themselves, now obviously it's impossible to ward off all attacks, but make themselves harder to hit, Adam. Well, there are a few, you know, a few things. We go back to our three M's. The first M, the big M really is how do you minimize your risk of exposure, reduce your attackable surface? 
And it's everything from long and strong passwords or using password management systems. It's about multi-factor authentication so that there's always a check as to who's getting into the system. It's sending a message to everybody that works in the company that the one thing you should not be doing is ever using a password or user ID that you use anyplace else. Because if wherever you're using it gets compromised, then they use that to leapfrog into the rest of your world. So you should definitely be doing that. People should be really careful in terms of the attachments they open, in terms of people that they communicate with. And whenever they see something that just seems a little off, don't think, oh, it's a mistake. It really could be an indication of a bigger problem. So that's why when your colleague noticed, first of all, that her email was missing and that suddenly there was a lot of other email that uh, she had no idea should be there, was there, um, you know, it's very good that, that she notified somebody immediately and said, you know, Houston, we have a problem. One thing that can be a little bit of a uh, hassle for a lot of organizations, but can end up um, uh, preventing a pretty nasty hack sometimes is just to make sure, um, and there's a bit of controversy around this, but that you have, that you are assigning people passwords that they don't get to pick their own Um you can get a bit of grief from that. And yeah, that's uh, something I'm sure anyone working in IT would absolutely dread because uh, people argue with that so much. That being the case, if you have someone who is reusing their password and they're in a uh, position in your company to even just be able to check an email uh, that they have uh, and download an attachment, that is a huge, huge uh, area for entry there. Oh, and another quick question, too, is that when people connect remotely into your systems, which I assume many people would, especially in the environment that we've all just lived through, are they working with work-only devices or are they allowed to use personal devices in order to connect into your network? So we do allow remote uh, connecting from personal devices. So you have your Outlook on your iPhone, which is a non-work technically a non-work uh, device and um, laptops are allowed. So yeah, yeah, I think Bo brings up a good point. I mean, uh, you know, there's multiple entry points in which you have weaknesses. And so um, you have to be vigilant. Um, we did a good job of educating our uh, employees and associates on uh, if they do see something funny or if they don't feel right about something from a cybersecurity perspective to call the group that we've hired, that's why they're there. And that probably... Um, save the day, actually, uh, even though we, we, we should have had better policies and procedures on, on wire confirmations and what have you, uh, that did save the day. And so we did do some things right. Um, you had I think a huge education. win, Josh. You had a huge win when that employee called and said, I got a problem. There was a huge win. Huge. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. should be falling from the ceiling. That's the ultimate no shame zone is that you should encourage every single employee, if they have a problem, if they think they might have clicked on the wrong link, anything that feel free to, you know, tell us we're here. We're part of the. This is a community. We're here to protect the community. Um, and another thing that that many companies do is they actually supply the device to their employees and when they supply that device, they make sure that all the security protocols that they feel comfortable, that they want to see, uh, are on that device. So it's part of training and supplying device with the kind of security that's really being overseen 
by the people that you trust to protect you on all the devices used by your employees who are communicating with the company. All right, Adam, what if the company is small and they can't buy devices for everybody? What then? Well, I think that way, then at least anyone who uses a device that they use to connect into the company should, and I know this seems a little Orwellian, but they really should have the security people from the company or the security people that the company has retained Mm -hmm. as a third-party vendor to actually look at any device that's being connected into that company. Because trust me, whatever it costs is nothing compared to the agony and financial uh, upheaval that you'll go through uh, based on the fact that uh, your company has been breached. Yeah, and cybersecurity in this regard is... Like, you know, a little tiny, I hate to say it, but I think it's true. It's a little bit like going to the doc, the embarrassing kinds of doctors who do the embarrassing kind of tests. So you have to, you know, sometimes you just have to grin and bear it. Think of it as a digital proctology test. I knew you were going there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think that's a good one. And and again, think of this as a learning experience and a teachable moment. And, And frankly... Uh, to get through a teachable moment without having an extinction level event in an organization, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. So count your blessings. And get the word out. That's something where a lot of folks we've talked to, to after they've been targeted, one of the things that they say is, I'm going to go now tell other people because it's relatively easy to have that happen. So just warning others is uh, pretty key and something big that we try to do here. Yeah, no, first of all, God bless you guys. I mean, it's a, it's a good topic. It's a worth a worthwhile conversation that, that needs to happen in the business world. We certainly have had these conversations and probably saved us from a larger uh, catastrophe. We're, we're happy to share our experiences. And I was thrilled uh, to offer it up for you guys here to, to share. And, and it's important that we help each other out. It's an important topic. It's a worthwhile topic. And, and I appreciate you guys uh, spreading the word. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your experience with us. And it is very important. Collaboration, cooperation, communication, the three C's on top of our three M's. This is kind of what it's all about. This is how we better protect ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Throw some confetti on that employee. Yeah, yeah. We're (laughs) going to buy her some cupcakes uh, at at the very least. Thanks, Josh. What the Hack is a Loudtree Media production in partnership with Large Media. That's L-A-R-J Media. You can find What the Hack wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on social media and find additional information at adamlevin.com.